Welcome to the SMA News Today podcast, episode 57. I'm your host, Kevin Schaefer. And joining us today is Heather Kurtstetter from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Heather is a social worker and about to graduate from college, and she has SMA Type 3. Heather, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Really excited about this one. And um, yeah, no, I found, Heather, I found you through Instagram, and you've got uh, plenty of followers there. So we'll definitely be talking about that and your advocacy work, anything like that. So, um, well, to go ahead and get started, Heather, why don't you tell us a little bit just about your background and when you were diagnosed with SMA and just for you, what it was like growing up with a disability. Sure. So let's see. I was diagnosed um, around 18 months-ish. Um, they, you know, my parents noticed that uh, while I was walking, I wasn't really, you know, meeting all the milestones that everybody else would. Um, so they kind of figured something uh, they kind of actually figured that I might have had SMA because um, I do have a sister who passed away from SMA, so it was kind of uh, suspected. Um, and then as far as growing up with a disability, I guess, um, honestly, I really think that my life was pretty, you know, like, quote-unquote, normal. Um, I, I did pretty much everything that anybody else did. I lived a very independent life. I mean, aside from, you know... Uh, losing my ability to walk at some point and stuff like that. It just, everything seemed, you know, typical. Sure, sure. And well, and touching on that too, so you mentioned your sister. Can you talk just a little bit about your family life growing up, um, either with your sister or any other siblings, that kind of thing? Yeah, so um, I grew up, my dad was a a single father. So I grew up in the household uh, with my dad and also um, my younger brother. Uh, I do have an older brother, but he he didn't really live with me. And then I also had uh, my older sister who passed away from SMA when she was, I think, eight months old or nine mm, months old, okay. something like that. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, you mentioned having more of a normal life and um, just being, and parents treated you, you know, just like anyone else. What were some of the things you were interested in growing up, like when you were in school and navigating all that? What were some of your passions and hobbies? So when I was in, you know, uh, middle school and high school and stuff, I did a lot of uh, choir, um, musical theater, and acting. Those were uh, my big, my big passions. Um, I was in a lot of musicals growing up. I I can't even count the number of times I had uh, you know, solos and duets and things like that. Um, so I was really, really big into music and the music scene and just, yeah, that was, that was the greatest thing for me. That's great. I was actually a big theater kid too. Uh, I couldn't sing to save my life, but I was big into acting, um, and writing. And awesome. Oh, I, I loved it. And well, actually on that note too, you know, so I had pretty good luck in terms of getting finding accessibility and you know i remember when i first started venturing at one into acting like in late elementary school my mom did have that concern about like oh my gosh what if the stage is inaccessible and all that and you know all those concerns and you know for the most part i had really accommodating teachers and instructors but was that ever an issue for you did you ever have any uh because like i even i remember like in middle and high school we would travel to other schools to do shows too so was that ever an issue when you were doing all that I actually got pretty lucky, I would say, in that um, most of the schools in the area that I grew up in were built um, 
I guess with a lot of accessibility in mind. And so um, all of the theaters that I have ever performed in had a ramp to get on stage and all of that. So I never experienced any inaccessibility, but I do think that I experienced a little bit of like, um, I wasn't casted for the roles that I, I had the talent for mm-hmm. because of the wheelchair and because I couldn't do, you know, the dancing parts of it all and stuff like that. So, um, I guess there was a little bit of that, but I mean, as far as accessibility goes, it was perfect, spot on. That's great. Yeah, well, and you know, the thing about being just what you said about being cast and stuff, there was, do you remember, I think it was about a year ago, I'm blanking on her name, but there was a Broadway actress um, with a disability who won a Tony, and it was like, she had come from Glee, Um, that was really cool, and I think, and I'm glad you brought that up, because I think that is uh, an issue of like, it's like sometimes people with disabilities get kind of token roles, you know? And so it's cool. Yes. I think that is changing more so, but um, but it is, I mean, it's still a problem, I think, is, you know, like they see the chair and that's it, you know? And so I was fortunate to have that kind of inclusiveness um, when I was growing up, but, uh, but I've heard plenty of stories where, you know, pe- there is still discrimination in that regard. So it's an important yeah. topic for sure. Um, yeah. And also growing up in you know, a school, uh, did you have an aide with you or what kind of accommodations did you need? Um, well, yes and no. Um, I had an aide, but I kind of have maybe might have shunned her a little bit. Uh, and to the point where she didn't really go with me from class to class. She only really helped me during my bathroom breaks and things like that. Okay. Um, it, I... I don't know. I just kind of, I wanted things to be as, as typical as possible. And I didn't really like having somebody shadowing me, um, because I, I just felt like I could do all the things on my own, um, without her, uh, looking back on it though, I kind of wish that I had had her with me because it would have taught like me in the future, how to deal with, you know, my assistants that Uh I have now. So, yeah. That's actually something I wrote about one time was like, yeah, so I always had AIDS with me and I had uh, various one like, um, I think my first one would have stuck with me really like through from elementary school up, but um, she had to move after first grade. And so I went through several and then I was fortunate to have a, um, one from end, like end of seventh grade through my high school graduation. And that was really great. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, it really did, I think, prepare me for speaking up for myself uh, once uh, the time came for caregivers and all that. So um, I think that's the perfect segue, actually, is I wanted to add, so about college and caregivers. So while we're on this subject, let's talk first about caregivers. So uh, when was the first time you started hiring PCAs, you know, and having care outside of your family? Yeah, so I was, let's see, I... um moved out of my dad's home, I think I was maybe like 20 or 21. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was originally going to school in Orlando, Florida. And uh, that's where I was hiring my first caregivers. And what was that experience like in terms of finding the right people and interviewing? I know, I know part of what you're going to say, because I know the process all too well, but (laughs) it was daunting. I mean, I had some of the wildest people apply for this job. And then I had some really wacky interviews. And just finding the right fit is is still one of the most complicated things I, I do as a disabled person. Um, and so, I, and it's such a learning curve. I mean, like, 
I, you know, I had times where I was like, I can't do this. I need to move home. Like mm-hmm. I really cannot handle not only the hiring process, but actually like being around these assistants as much as I was, um, because, you know, yeah, they they kind of turn into friends, but they're not they're not really friends. If that makes sense, like yeah, I mean, I guess they they are to me now. Sure. Um, but at the time, I didn't have that mindset. I just so it, it was super complicated in the beginning. Sure, sure. Well, and like the friends thing, it's like really dependent on the situation on the person because it's like I've had the same primary CNA for going on six years now, and he's one of my best friends, and like we you know, bicker like brothers and we <laughs> love each other like brothers and all that. And, but then I've had plenty of others who, you know, either just came once or a few times and yeah, absolutely. It's always kind of a never ending circle of mm-hmm. people and, you know, and, and it's absolutely a learning curve, especially that um, first time. Um, and yeah. you said that was in Florida. Where are you, where are you originally from? I'm originally from Florida. Okay. Gotcha. So that, so that brings me to the next question about college. So, Okay, so you started off um, in school there. Can you just talk about your college transition? And, um, you know, and I know you're in Philly now. So can you just talk about that and um, the moving process, all of that? This is going to sound maybe a little bit wacky to you. But, <laughs> it's all um, good. I've actually lived in five different states. And, um, and I've moved from one state to another, to another, to another um, independently. Um, and it is a big, big, complicated, convoluted thing to do, but, um, but I wouldn't have traded what I've done for the world. Um, Mm. and I'm grateful to have ended up in Philadelphia. Um, that being, so I'm finishing my, my schooling here in Philadelphia, uh, to get my master's in social work. Um, uh, I, I, I moved around a lot for school and for jobs and relationships and just like a whole bunch of you know, things, um, kind of felt like maybe like a nomad for a while, you know, but, um, but I'm settling here and I I love it here. So that's great. That's great. So where did you go for undergrad? Undergrad, I went to the university of central Florida. Okay. Gotcha. And were you originally set on social work or did that kind of evolve later? No, it totally evolved. I was dead set on linguistics. Oh, wow. Uh, and, yeah, and um, I worked in linguistics for a while, and uh, that was that was my jam. And then I just realized, like, I don't know, all this freelancing was being, it was really complicated and hard, and I just wanted a career that I knew I was for sure going to have a job in. I mean, social workers, everybody needs a social worker, so. yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. So you switched there eventually. And then uh, when did you start working on your master's degree? Um, I started in August of 2018. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. And um, and uh, also, well, backtrack a little. Okay, so you said five states you've moved to. So was that all in the time since like, I mean, since starting college? Yeah, that was uh, from 21 on. So I'm 30 now. So Mm -hmm. five states in nine years. That's great. Can you run through them real quick? If you, <laughs> I'm just curious. Yeah. I lived in Florida. I lived in uh, Washington, D.C. I lived in Texas. Uh, I lived in California. And then back to Florida. And then now here in Philly. Wow. 
And were all of those um, living independently? Or, like, when you started college, did you go uh, straight to an apartment? Were you doing on uh, on campus housing? Where, you know? Uh, I've done a mix of both. Um, I, I've lived in dorms and I've lived in um, apartments by myself as well. Gotcha, gotcha. What would you say out of all those transitions, either some of the biggest takeaways from it and the challenges you face, like, that um, might help other people with disabilities if they're thinking about that, about moving in general? Yeah, I mean, I well, my I guess my biggest piece of advice is if you're thinking about moving, it's worth it. It's so, it's so invigorating and so, like, um, I don't know. It's just something kind of magical to be able to make that happen as a person with a disability. I mean, it's kind of like no big deal for everybody else, but putting those pieces together, and it really is like a jigsaw puzzle, putting those pieces together and making it work for yourself, um, having a disability is just so amazing once you get the final product. Um, but I think the biggest challenge and always my critique in this is that like, you know, programs don't transfer state to state. And yeah. so, I mean, you have to be just so prepared. So, so like in your element, you have to know what you're doing because if you get somewhere and you're applying for things and you don't know what you're doing, uh, it, it, it's, it's a really tough transition. So, I mean, just like my advice would be to like, you know, be on top of it consistently, educate yourself and, and plan so far in advance. Absolutely. Well, and I'm sure all of that knowledge and firsthand experience comes into play huge in your career being on the other side of it as a social worker exactly that's exactly why i went into social work i was like i know how to do this stuff yeah. and i can help other people do it that's great and on that note so um when did you first start uh, your first job in social work um my i actually just started it oh wow just okay. just started it i mean i've done like internships sure uh uh, you know, as a as a social work intern, um, but I have just started my first job, um, like in the last week. Wow, it's yeah. quite a time to start a new job, too. <laughs> I, it's a very complicated time to start yeah. a new job. Well, on that note, I don't want to spend too much time on COVID talk, but this actually is my first interview uh, with someone, uh, you know, in the midst of this pandemic. So. Um, and I, I think that's a fascinating anecdote to start on. So what is it like? I mean, um, I, I, well, did you have the job lined up before all this started or was this literally just in the past couple of weeks? Um, I kind of knew that I was going to transition into the job. Um, uh, it was something that my supervisor had told me, like, we can create this position for you. So um, that's kind of how it happened. But um I didn't expect to be working remotely for sure. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, it's been, I guess, kind of nice, but also kind of complicated because I'm one of those people that like gets easily distracted by everything. So, <laughs> um, you know, just trying to make it work. For sure. And, uh, what is the job in any way focused on clients with disabilities or is it more of a general social work position? No, it definitely is. Um, so it's it's in workforce development, um, okay. and my specific role in in the organization is to kind of uh, amplify the voices of people with disabilities in the North Philadelphia area um, around 
um, you know, getting jobs and being employed and having employers uh, know how to engage employees with disabilities and so on. So it's it's really, really wonderful. That's awesome. Well, I no, I'm really glad that I mean, that's something good to happen in the midst of all this craziness. So, uh, well, and another good thing, too, I and uh, saw on Instagram that you just started a new relationship uh, within the last month. So uh, could you talk a little bit about that? That's true. I um, I have a boyfriend. His name is Ty, Tyler. Um, he is a long-distance relationship. Uh, he lives in Michigan, and um, he also has SMA, so I think that's pretty cool. That's really cool. Did you guys connect, like, online, or...? Yeah, so I, well, we went and figured this out because we're geeks like that. Um, <laughs> it, it turns out that we've been following each other on Instagram for uh, over two years. Wow. Um, so that's weird. Um, but a couple months ago, he started following me on Twitter, and I had gotten approval for a new wheelchair, and so he reached out to congratulate me, and then we've been talking since. So. Oh, that's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. Well, and I'm curious, too, so, like, him also having SMA, being a big disability advocate, so I've had plenty of other couples on the podcast before, and in I think in all of those scenarios, it's been one person has SMA, the other one doesn't, and, uh, you know, and they, uh, and that's a fascinating um, thing to talk about as well, but with you guys having both have a SMA, what are the dynamics there, if you don't mind me asking, I mean, just, like, um, I mean, I know, and of course, long distance, and right now, I might be a while before you can see each other with uh, quarantine going on, but I'm just curious, kind of what, um, like, I, I mean, and if there are any nuances to that relationship, and what's it like navigating? Something that I think is really powerful about this relationship that I'm in right now is that uh, the both of us having SMA, we have really, really similar, like, um, you know, advocacy, uh, you know, ideas and ideals. And um, we can relate to each other in ways that, you know, I couldn't possibly relate with a non-disabled person, you know, like we were talking about our spinal fusions recently and just like thinking about, you know, how much pain we went through Mm -hmm. and just like, you know, um, it's just, or, or, or with this COVID situation, um, you know, we both realized how dangerous it is for the both of us and how at risk we are. And just being able to have that person who we can, who we know gets it, yeah. um, is something that is incredibly beautiful. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of things that we're going to have to figure out as a couple, you know, like, uh, I, not to get like too into it, but like, you know, how to be intimate and things like that. Like there's going to be some complications, of course, because we both have SMA and, you know, uh, we both have limitations in what we can do physically. Um, but emotionally, this relationship is like everything in the world. It's so beautiful. That That's really cool. No, I mean, I think absolutely. It's like you it have that kind of relatability that, it, like you said, it's hard to have with other people in the same, in yeah. the same way. So that's really cool. I, I'm really happy for you that in the midst, again, amidst of all the wrong in the world right now you've got new relationship new job so that's very encouraging um thank you yeah i'm so happy right now that's great and um also so i know we talked a little bit before starting recording that you are on spinraza um so can you talk about how long you've been on that treatment and just any changes you've noticed since starting that process 
yeah, so I was supposed to get my eighth dose uh, in March, but it didn't happen because of COVID um, and it's delayed indefinitely. So um, that's a bummer. But I think that Spinraza has been really amazing for me. Um, the, you know, the procedure itself uh, kind of sucks and it's scary and I have a lot of anxiety and, you know, whatever. Um, but what it's done for me is incredible. I mean, um, from starting it, you know, I have type three, but I, I am on the very, very weak end of type three. So I present more like a type two. Um, uh, but since starting it, you know, I've gained a lot of function in my upper arms and my, um, and, and being able to kick, which is something that I haven't been able to do in a real long time. Um, I found maybe a couple of months ago that I could bear weight, not stand, stand is a bit excessive, but bear weight on my feet mm. and lift my bottom up off of my chair. And I was like, I don't know the last time I've done this. Um, so it, it, it's just like, it's opened. I mean, like, I don't, I, I'm not going to exaggerate it and say like, you know, I can do all these things now I can transfer and stuff, you know, I can't do any of that, but um, but the littlest things are so big for people with SMA, in my opinion, anyway. And so these little tiny gains mean the absolute world to me. Absolutely. I, I mean, I, yeah, no, I, I definitely agree there. It's, for me, it's been a similar path of like, you know, things like my voice improving and not running out of breath constantly and just like yeah. little movements. I mean, I'm not lifting my arms up or anything, but you know, little gains go a long way. And um, do you do any kind of physical therapy in conjunction with it? I don't. Um, I, 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 sh I should. I should. Uh, but I just found that I don't really have the time for it. Sure. Um, so I haven't. Um, maybe I'll start at some point. You've got a lot on your plate, finish up a master's <laughs> and new job and everything. So, no, I was just curious. Sure. But, yeah, that's great, though. Um, well, and, I, and also, and, uh, sorry, just in closing, or I'm rambling here, uh, kind of wrapping up ish. What's kind of like your daily life like right now in terms of working, finishing up school? Uh, what's a typical day of the week look like for you? And I can know it is uncertain times right now. It's different than it would be when the world's normal, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess my days kind of look like, you know, uh, just, you know, doing some work, uh, doing some homework. Um, I've been trying to get in some, some reading for pleasure, which is nice. Uh, I'm learning how to crochet, which is also nice. I'm terrible at it. <laughs> um, I, yeah, my SMA hands don't like that craft, but that's okay. Cause I do. Uh, and, um, really, I don't know, just, you know, make some food at some point and, talk with my boyfriend at some point and that's really all I've been doing to be honest you know just uh taking each day as it comes because everything is so weird right now and not yeah. it, there's no like set routine anymore it just doesn't feel uh, you know like there is a day today right right has it affected your caregiver schedule at all or do you have all the same people still coming I still have all the same people coming uh, the only thing that it's affected is, you know, how I interact with them yeah. and, um, you know, the measures we go to keep safe. Sure, yeah. sure. Absolutely. 
Well, that's great. Uh, no, it's been a fantastic conversation. And just in closing, we hit the, hit on this a little bit earlier, but if you just have any advice for other people with SMA or anyone in the community, really, about uh, independence or anything else you want to touch on. I really just want to tell people, um, I guess my word of advice is just, like, be fearless and... Uh, you know, I know that we're all, you know, scared to do things sometimes, but like we can, we can do so much. And just because, you know, maybe physically we're not as strong as other people doesn't mean that we're not 10 times as actually strong as people. Like, I really think that people with disabilities can move mountains and we can just do so much. And if you're willing to set your mind to it and really put in the work and put in the time and stuff, I I honestly believe that anything is possible, and I think that I have gone far out of my way to prove that anything is possible in my life. So, um, yeah, I think that's what I want to say to people. That's great. And also, uh, where can listeners find you out there? Because I know you're active on social media, and that's where I found you. Yeah, I'm probably too active on social media. I guess uh, on Instagram, I have a lot of followers on Instagram, and anyone can follow me there. I'm open to it um, at Let's Do This Heather. Um, and then I'm also on Twitter and pretty active there as well at HM Kerstetter, which nobody can spell that, but you can find it <laughs> on my Instagram. It's fine. That's awesome. Well, Heather, thanks yeah. again for coming on today. This is a great discussion, and uh, best of luck with the new job and everything. Kevin, thank you for having me. You're awesome. Oh, thank you. Well, this is great. And for our listeners out there, you can hear more stories like this by subscribing to the SMA News Today podcast. You can also connect with us directly on our forums and follow our main website at smanewstoday.com for the latest SMA news and perspectives. I'm your host, Kevin Schaefer. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. Take care. The information in our flash briefings and podcasts are provided for informational and educational purposes only. Be sure to tune in daily to SMA News Today for the latest news and perspectives regarding the disease. Discover more content that might be of interest to you at www.smanewstoday.com. And be sure to follow us on social media and join our SMA News Today forums, a trusted SMA community ready to welcome you anytime.